What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I am here with Randy Paul. Randy, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's another day and pretty much the only day without football the whole week. So that's the only bad thing about today. It's crazy. If you think about it, some of the COVID cancellations could put uh, almost every day of the week. I was talking about it with my boss. Like if we get Tuesday and Wednesday football here down the stretch, plus the Saturday games, plus moving things back to Mondays, like we could just have six out of the seven days with with football, which would be kind of cool. Also really stressful, really stressful for my playoff lineups. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, speaking of playoffs, dude, uh, we said we would push it back to this episode. How many How many uh, of your teams made the playoffs? Uh, I was right the last one. It was 8 out of 11. There was three, two that I was really going to be outside chance to make it. The third that I was tied, and the guy that went in before me it ended up beating me by, I believe, like 42 points, but scored 280 points last week. So if he had just a normal week, I'd be at the playoffs, but that's fantasy well, that's for a, you. Yeah. I'm in seven out of 11 leagues. Uh, had a a rough, uh, rough go. I talked a lot of shit after week one to some kid in a random dynasty league because he was an asshole. So I, I talk shit. You know me. If you follow me on Twitter at FF Baldman, you know I do that every day. Every day I'll, I'll get into it with anyone. Um, but I got into it with this guy week one, and then he is projected the most points in the playoffs. I went on a 10-game losing streak up until this last week, and I missed the playoffs. So I uh, can't even say it was injury-related. Just sucked. My team sucks. Not looking forward to uh, year two of that dynasty league because I traded my first for Leonard Fournette when he was still on the fucking Jaguars. Gross. All right. Don't put me there. I would imagine Sean's in like playoffs and probably like 24 of his 97 leagues something so, like that. somewhere around there <laughs> so he, he didn't update us though so uh I, I i that seems like a correct percentage though he'll he'll talk about law of averages or something i don't know uh speaking of averages uh i have a dvoa related article out on the website the cut um i looked at the the correlation between DVOA and DYAR and fantasy performances. Uh, so that could really help you down the stretch here. It was more of a looking forward to next season article, but if you guys go to footballoutsiders.com, they have all of the, the DVOA stats. It might help you put together your playoff lineups. Just a helpful tip. Um, Randy, dude, we talked about playoffs. I should have. The next thing I should have said was that we're playing each other in our first dynasty league, the OG dynasty. How are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling great. I don't have a lot of good matchups on my side. Um, I know we're projected really, really close to each other. Um, yeah, my, my running backs have been struggling down the stretch here, so I'm not very confident. Uh, my quarterbacks don't have the best matchup because the three that I would really play would be like Drew Locke, Baker, or Goff, and none of them have a fantastic matchup. So 
We'll see. I've already began the congratulation tour for your team. Um, <laughs> no hidden agenda there at all. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. Listen, man, I don't feel great about my team either. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm gonna start the wrong person. Especially, I don't think I'll get Galladay back, but like I'm looking at Jacoby Myers, which seems like a bad play. Uh, but I'm looking at like Naeem Hines versus Ronald Jones, which is obviously Ronald Jones for me this week. Can't sit him, must start. Uh, but I've got a lot of receivers that I'm looking to put into that last flex, and. I might be without Stafford. He's questionable still, and that'll be a problem. I'll be playing Trubisky in a fucking playoff matchup. Yeah, I mean, it's not like my bench is any better. Uh, I mean, James White, Kalen Blage, Kelly, Perryman, Hollywood Brown, Fulgham, Scotty Miller, mm-hmm. Ruggs, Akins, but like running backs of Kamara against Philly, not a great running matchup, but hopefully he does, like he did last week, a little bit better. Uh, Miles Sanders against the Saints, and he's done awful. Yep. <laughs> Mostert, not a great matchup against Washington. And Clyde, not a tremendous matchup against Miami, but they should run the ball a bit more. But he has to also play. So, yeah. That is true. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm also I'm also playing Sean in a league. Um, I talked a little shit today. He, I didn't realize he had... He has Jalen Hurts sitting on his taxi. He had Carson Wentz. I thought he lost him and was about to have to play Brandon Allen in the playoffs. But turns out he has an empty spot on his roster. He's going to activate Jalen Hurts. And so, like, I'm torn. I want Jalen Hurts to succeed, but I want him to fucking suck for fantasy. So, uh, <laughs> well, hopefully. I also did activate him for Dynasty Red because I did draft it. So. Smart. Yeah. Add to the, the gauntlet there. Yeah. Um, all right, before we get started with our Thursday night preview, our starts and sits, and then our discussion on Devontae Smith that we teased last episode, even though we had planned to to get to it, um, just know that we've got a, a ton of outstanding pieces on the way. We've been talking with some of our writers, and and there's a lot coming your way. I'm working on quite a few different projects. I think this DVOA one is going to be something you can use next year. Uh, I'm working on larger scale projects that hopefully you can take with you past this season since the season's over and also a lot of NFL draft stuff. So um, we'll get Sean to join the website as a writer someday. Maybe he hasn't accepted his invite yet. (laughs) All right. Oh God, what the fuck? Um, I lost my voice there for a second. All right. Let's talk Thursday night football. this is we haven't had a Thursday night game in I believe two weeks. Um, this week, not a not a super exciting matchup between the New England Patriots and Los Angeles Rams. Uh, it's a forty five and a half point over under. The Rams are six and a half point home favorites. Patriots are coming off a forty five to nothing win over the Chargers. And the Rams actually had a, a more impressive win, in my opinion, 38 to 28 over the Cardinals. Randy, first of all, I know I don't have it listed here. Do you are you taking the under here? Cause I feel like I would. Um I think I'm surprised it's honestly this high, but it's because both teams scored this or close to this last week. I'll take the over simply because of that, honestly. Uh, yeah. I do think this is more of a grinded out game, but 
the Patriots and Cardinals had a grind out game that was twenty to seventeen, and that would be so. Be I, close, I think it's yeah. gonna be more towards that. So I'll yeah. I'll take the over slightly, <laughs> very yeah. slightly. Yeah. All right. Well, Cam Newton uh, was not part of the reason. I mean, he was part of the reason. He had a pretty decent fantasy day, but he had sixty nine passing yards in in their game against the Chargers. He he wasn't really needed. I assume he'll be a little more needed against the Rams. Do you think he'll be able to get anything going? It's been a tough sledding down the stretch here for Cam throwing the ball. Yeah, he oh, – I can't remember who it was, but it was like four weeks ago he had like 300 yards passing. Since then he hasn't had over 200. Uh, so he's <laughs> he is not being used in that aspect right now. Uh, but they're running down people's throats right now, especially him at the goal line, which does hurt every other running back. But here we go. That's that's what we knew was happening after about week two. So um, I think he'll be able to get it going. Jacoby Myers, I know you talked about him. Um, he scares me. Uh, yes, I don't. <laughs> I don't see. I, obviously, I don't think Ramsey uh, really picks anyone in this receiving court target. Uh, but. Any t- I think he's going to end up lined up on him a lot, and I, I don't think he gets anything done. None of these if receivers the, can get anything on Ramsey. If if the Rams were smart, they would put Ramsey on James White because that's the, the biggest uh, passing threat. No, James White could do a lot of damage against these guys. Um, I might – this is a realistic thing. I might play James White over Sanders, and I think that's against you. That's That's probably going to happen. Uh, I think James White had a whole like three points this week, and so did Miles Sanders. So I'm really just hoping for a breakout performance of six uh, to help <laughs> guide me to that loss. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I agree there. I mean, uh, Damian Harris should be decent, even though this Rams run defense is okay to good at times. So yeah. I, I don't know who's doing anything for this Patriots team if it's not the running backs. So. Hopefully, true. hopefully Cam doesn't vulture three rushing touchdowns. Speaking of running backs named Cam, since there's one on the Patriots uh, named Cam Newton, uh, the the rookie, what I would start to call a sensation. I think I don't think everyone's onto it yet, uh, but Cam Akers has looked really, really good the last couple of weeks. I know I have him ranked as my RB twenty this week. I am playing him in the one league that I have a share. Randy, is he an RB2 for you? I guess, like, guy, would you start him over Daryl Henderson, at least? Yeah, but it's close. I mean, they finished back-to-back to each other this last week. Yeah. Uh, I I don't have him as an RB2, currently. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if that'll change, though, just because of who's in front of him for me. But he can, he's, I mean, it's basically if he gets a touchdown, he'll probably finish as an RB2. Yeah. Yeah. And the Patriots defense has been very good. Their special teams has been even better, uh, which obviously doesn't impact Cam as much, other than the fact that he'll be on the field a little less and can't really afford that with Cam Akers, considering how little he's been on the field already. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, before we get into. I was going to our... say who you got. Oh, um, Rams and points. 
I don't. Ooh. I, I it's it's a it's a tough line. So I I was talking with people. There are still Patriots fans that think that the Patriots are going to win the division, uh, which that's outlandish, um, to me. It, I think the Bills are up three games now or something like that. They would have to win out, but yeah. Bills don't have an easy schedule. That's probably why they. Yeah, the Bills don't. The Dolphins don't. But uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in this Patriots offense, and and I think we've seen enough from it to to make that a, a warranted claim. So uh, I'll go. I'll go Patriots points. Okay. I. I I don't know if I'll say they win, but I'll go Patriots points. So I guess that's technically yeah. Rams, but eh. I, <laughs> I guess the the most like the, impactful the only way would be what's Goff doing. Yeah, I was gonna say the only way this isn't a one score game is if Goff has one of those like if this offense has one of those games. Yeah. Which they had with, what three weeks ago now? Yeah. yeah. It's so which hit or miss could, with this offense. Could happen. I mean, honestly, just props to Bill Belichick. They're in playoff contention, technically. They don't have half their defense through free agency and just not wanting to play this year during COVID and injuries because they did get and COVID again hitting them this year. This offense is terrible. They're still somehow winning games. I, <laughs> It's ridiculous, yeah. really. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'm still taking the Rams because I – yeah, the Rams. I I will say I I underestimated them coming into this year. Good on Sean McVay for writing whatever was wrong last year. Well, I mean, I still think they need to heavily draft the offensive line next year. But yeah, whatever. they're still starting Austin Corbett. So gross. All right, before we get into our starts and sits, uh, I think we should probably talk about Thrive Fantasy and Mugs Fly together, so we can just zip right through the rest of the episode so we'll start with thrive fantasy you guys have heard us talk about that in the past uh prop betting is the future of daily fantasy and uh i'm gonna win some damn money on thrive this week i'm, I'm gonna do it. i'm gonna speak it into existence it's been a few weeks uh, i was close this last week you've been um, you've been close almost everyone except there's always like two that you do do different for me we we share lineups with each other, but we don't pick the same lineup. But there, yes. last week, we are very, very similar, but you picked two differently. And I won money, and you did. <laughs> yes, I was just outside, I believe. Um, but yeah, Thrive's awesome. Download it. It's in the description. Uh, and once you download it, you can sign up, use our promo code, The Cut. They'll match up to $50 for you. I'm telling you guys, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Randy and I have a ton of fun with Thrive. So, um, and then mugs fly together. They are also equally as awesome. A uh, lot of great mugs. Again, we talked about it on Tuesday's show. You need to be buying your your Christmas gifts now, and you know, your dad, your mom. Maybe they don't play fantasy football, but maybe they golf. And mugs fly together has you covered there. Maybe they play hockey, which would be weird. A parent playing hockey still, but you know, maybe they're big hockey fans. Uh, but they have a ton of mugs. Uh, the link is also in the description down below this episode, and you can use our promo code CUT15 for 15% off. And that you can order two mugs, three mugs, four mugs, not one, not two, not three LeBron level mugs. So, right. all right. 
Let's get into our starts and sits. Randy, I'm going to let you go first with your quarterback start of the week. Okay, well, uh, we talked about it earlier. Um, While he is slightly banged up, I do expect him to play this week, and that is Matthew Stafford. Second straight week last week of 42 attempts passing the ball. I think we see that again again in a game where the Lions are completely outmatched against the Packers. Uh, He was actually back to prominence last week against the Bears, who are decently tough defense. He ended up with 32 points, QB2 on the week, and a huge fourth-quarter comeback. Uh, while I don't think they come back to win this week, I think he's going to have another big fourth quarter. Uh, so that gives you another QB1 performance in the works. I think worst case, he gets you top 15, 16 after probably a bad first half and getting to throw 35 times in the second half. So <laughs> we're all for yeah. garbage time here with the, with the Lions. <laughs> oh, absolutely. This is the Stafford I... I thought we would see the entirety of this year and obviously it didn't work out, but as soon as uh, Patricia was, was gone, essentially we were seeing what Stafford could have been this year. I think he's a, he's close to a league winner down the stretch here. I, I think he's pretty damn matchup proof for the most part. Um, And like you said, he's thrown 40 times a game. Worst matchup left. I think this is his worst one. So, uh, I, I did see a few people online talking about Swift should be back this week and Stafford won't have as much points. Uh, they will be able to run the ball slightly against the Packers. Uh, that's been shown against other teams. Obviously, they can run the ball on the Packers. But with how good their offense has been, I think Swift is a good play if he's actually healthy and ready to play because he's going to catch a lot of balls this week. Yeah, so I agree. I agree with that. I like it, especially since I'm playing him against you. All right. Uh, my my quarterback start this week is Philip Rivers, and I know how gross that sounds. Um, sounds pretty Phil- gross. Yeah, so did you know that Philip Rivers is averaging 36 attempts per game this season? Because I didn't until I looked at it. I did not. I mean, I'm not shocked. It's just I don't like looking at it. That's the thing. That's fair. He uh, is coming out four straight weeks of 21 or more fantasy points. He has top 12 finishes, I believe, in three or four of those weeks. You, Anybody? Wait, what? Did you just say four straight weeks of 21 or more fantasy points? Yes. Am I looking at a wrong league here? Because <laughs> you could be. You could be. There's, well, I mean, I guess it depends on your scoring. So. Well, because in uh, our OG. He's he had twenty two against Green Bay, but he's had sixteen, twenty two, eighteen, nineteen. Okay, well, it, I guess I, I was looking best. at a six point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, so the last four weeks he's had sixteen or more fantasy points, uh, mostly against decent matchups. But the good thing is, is he gets the Raiders this week. The game script, he and playing the Raiders, they're not awful i mean they're not good against opposing quarterbacks they're they're hit or miss (laughs) yeah but the game script should dictate that philip rivers has to throw over 36 times in this game the raiders have a really good offense i know it's also hit or miss but and and the colts defense is very good but i think that the raiders are going to be able to move the ball um and for that fact i think philip rivers is going to have to throw so if you're in a tight spot here down the stretch. I'm not saying you should start Philip Rivers over people like Kyler Murray, 
Uh, I am saying in Superflex leagues, uh, if you've got the opportunity to play Daniel Jones or Phillip Rivers, I would play Phillip Rivers fairly easily. Uh, I think he's probably a back-end QB1. That's where I have him ranked, so um, I'm rolling with him. The the 36 attempts, if he gets that, I think you're correct. My only worry is how god-awful god the Raiders run defense looked last week. Uh, so that spells an enormous day for Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, respectively. Uh, yeah. Sam Darnold had 19 points against them last week in a four-point passing touchdown league. And uh, yeah. he only threw the ball 23 times. So by that kind of knowledge and how inept that Jets offense has looked most weeks except last week, uh, <laughs> if Rivers can actually throw 36 times, he should get over 20 points. So I think I'm with you there. I just, uh, for some fantasy team's sake of mine, I hope Jonathan Taylor gets all of the touchdowns and not Phillip Rivers. But <laughs> uh, I get what you're – I mean, you're – your math makes complete sense to me here. Yes, good math. <laughs> it's just Rivers' uh, arm scares the holy hell out of me. It's tough, man, and he did have interceptions, and I believe two of the last three, which you're going to have to take those. I mean, Philip Rivers has, yeah. he has nine interceptions on the year, which doesn't sound that great until, I mean, it, it, it's not that bad. It's, it's kind of middle of the road. It's not, yeah, I was going to say, it's not like a travesty. <laughs> Yeah, it's not Christmas, but... um, yeah, and the Ra- Raiders' defense is all kind of risk-reward, so they're going to get burned a-, a ton, but they do get turnovers. So yeah. we'll see how that works with that. Yeah. Uh, switching yeah. to running backs quick. <laughs> uh, I-, I put here, I want to pick Swift, but it's a little bit rude, and I can't really trust it until I see him back healthy, especially with the comments from Adrian Peterson last week. I know it... <laughs> It, it's a, if a veteran says stuff like that, I do take it to heart because, like, if Frank Gore said that or AP, or I think you're I, he knows every trick of the book to get out of the concussion protocol, I'm sure. So, for him to actually say something like that means he was actually worried for the kid. So, yeah. uh, because of that, I pivoted and I was going to pick Jonathan Taylor until you had Philip Rivers. I wanted to get more uh, team coverage here, so I'm going. With a guy we talked about in our last episode, I'm going J.D. McKissick uh, with Gibson almost certainly out with turf toe. That did come out fully that he does have turf toe. They haven't ruled him out, but I would assume he does not play this week. Uh, McKissick should have a big week yet again. RB12 last week without being schemed, well, in a playbook for a whole week to be the RB1 of your team. Uh, Saw incredible 10 targets and caught all of them. Uh, against the 49ers, I think it'll be hard for the almost inept Peyton Barber to get much on the ground with his 12 or so touches. I think J.D. McKissick will probably get about five to eight carries added in, uh, which is a great chance to get another 10 targets this week through the air and a winnable matchup for Washington. So I think he's going to do a, a really good job this week and help them win. Hopefully McLaurin can get open. Uh, Logan Thomas was killing it. See, that's the the thing that gives me a lot of hope is Logan Thomas had, I believe, nine catches and JD had ten, so they're not hurting each other. And that that gives me a lot of confidence in him this week. Yeah. We'll see if Cam Sims hurts uh Terry. Like I well, they, I, I don't want to say that. They were covering the hell out of Terry. <laughs> I mean, that was just Yeah, dude. He was he was double covered basically the whole game yeah, with freaking Minka Fitzpatrick. And Hayden. 
and they're yeah. just not letting Terry beat him. That's a tremendous strategy. Most teams can't do that. Um, so hopefully they can get it done this week. And it, I mean, it should be a decent enough matchup for them. I don't yeah. see why they couldn't. I'm, I'm with it, dude. I... Well, I was going to say, against San Francisco, where the linebackers there are somewhat fast and can cover, but they will go more towards Logan Thomas, in my opinion, than McKissick. Yeah, I'm with you. I started uh, messing with our lineup in the Dynasty and Shill League, uh, thinking that we had a, a matchup. I was I was so pumped to get JD McKissick into the into the lineup, and then I saw we have a bye week, which is great. That's great. We only need two wins, but you know, I was a little disappointed <laughs> that we don't get to play JD McKissick. But, you know. <laughs> All right, my running back start of the week is not something that you're going to hear on probably any other podcast. And I don't even know if Randy agrees with this here, but, now, but Jamal Williams is my running back start of the week this week. Uh, you'd be surprised to know that Jamal Williams is RB 26 despite missing a game and he's RB 33 in fantasy points per game. Um, so he's been a solid flex play every single week. Uh, and he has the crazy thing about Jamal Williams, and I know a lot of people have been saying, so now it's we get to start Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and hope for Aaron Jones level points, which is kind of how it's been. Jamal Williams has upside of 25 fantasy points. They're playing the Lions and the Lions are averaging nearly 25 attempts against them and allow the fourth most rushing yards. This is a matchup that Randy highlighted that Matthew Stafford is going to have to throw to get back in the game. I think, like Randy also said, they're not going to come back. And the Packers, every time they have the ball, they're not going to turn and hand it to Aaron Jones because this is a game that they don't need to risk Aaron Jones getting hurt. It's kind of what you see with Kamara and Latavius Murray, especially recently. I think this is a Jamal Williams game where he explodes for 20-plus fantasy points. Now, I I don't actually know that I have him ranked like that right now. Um, but he has been 19, sir. Yeah, so that's like my conservative. Maybe he doesn't pop off for that. He, either way, if you have Jamal Williams, he should be in your lineup this week. He he should get a ton of work. The, the Lions are also averaging, I believe, five catches to the running back position. He, Jamal has been getting some of that work as well. I, I know... Aaron Jones truthers, including me, don't love to see Jamal out there so much, but they've both been productive. So Jamal yep. Williams, start him it, probably as a flex, but like I think I'd start Jamal Williams over Miles Sanders, like Randy keeps panicking about. <laughs> it's not panic. I've already conceded. <laughs> I would I would start Sanders, but it's yeah. Yeah, I I have to. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I honestly, I'm just hoping, uh, seeing as how uh, Doug Peterson can only coach when he has a backup quarterback, I'm hoping that that spells good things for Sanders. And maybe we'll actually get like, you know, 10 touches this week. That'd be cool. You know, just, yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty dope. All right, man. Let's move on to wide receivers. Who is your wide receiver start this week? Uh, my wide receiver start of the week is going to be Robbie Anderson of all people. Uh, it's been a while since we've been confident in this guy. Uh, 
some up and down weeks here, but he came back before the bye and put up 19 against the Vikings, who were obviously a shaky, shaky defense. But that still gives me confidence that he's coming back to form. And uh, obviously, they're not a they're not uh, defenses that is aren't able to pinpoint either guy between him and DJ Moore. My only worry this week is DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are on the COVID list. Uh, it's looking decent for a chance for DJ Moore to play. Curtis Samuel, on the other hand, no way, in my opinion. Uh, so if DJ Moore plays, I think the target numbers will go down for Robbie, but I think it actually helps him a little bit better. It's a great spot here against the Broncos, seventh most fantasy points to home receivers outside. So it probably would be fifth most or higher if Hill's two touchdowns would have counted. So. <laughs> With a bigger target share, even if DJ Moore comes back, uh, because they aren't going to be able to practice all week, and my just that's just how COVID designation's been working. <laughs> so I think he has a big day. I think he gets more than 19 points. So that's a very, very starable asset for you this week in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, I I was pretty happy. Robbie Anderson's a guy that I wrote all the way to the playoffs in a couple of leagues, and. I was glad to see that he was off that that late ass by. Uh, weird of the NFL to give them a week thirteen by and the Bucks, but quite rude, it's just, really. It's just how the cookie crumbles, though. There, there's always I know there's a week twelve by always, but is there always a week thirteen? I don't think so. I think that was a new thing. Hmm. Um, Strange, but yeah, very excited to start Robbie this week. My wide receiver start of the week is Corey Davis. Uh, I say that like that because I know everyone is going to be on AJ Brown and probably with good reason. Obviously the Jaguars suck. They suck at covering receivers, but the, the thing that's really, really important here, uh, AJ Brown has only out targeted Corey Davis two times this season. So if you're talking about who's the safer play, it's Corey Davis. It has been Corey Davis. I know people will look at this and say, well, you're just you're just high on him because he had a career day. Yeah, that, that also impacts <laughs> Yeah, right. That, that also impacts it because Jonu Smith might be out again. And so we've seen last week what Corey Davis does when Jonu Smith misses a game and the the Titans have to throw. The caveat here is that I think the the Jaguars can actually keep up. That Titans secondary is shit. Uh, Mike Glennon has been pretty. He's been you know, dealing for Mike Glennon. That's yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. Uh, Mike Glennon. I think uh, Benjamin Solak on the Locked On Draft podcast. He said Mike Glennon's doing enough to make a team risk it all for him again and i said in my head i'm like mm, probably not not that good but still very good for mike glennon i think the jaguars keep up in this game which means ryan Tannehill is gonna have to throw and i'll take the titans number one receiver which is Corey davis right now so number uh, one I think. uh <laughs> number one all season i'm just kidding i think uh, I, I definitely i'll still always take aj brown over him just because he has the big play upside and he does get enough targets where he's not just that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, look at my rankings. I'm going to quickly, <laughs> I agree with you. I think Corey Davis has a big day. Uh, 
And I'm quickly going to move him here up a bit. Yes. I do. Is... It's only a few spots, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I should... I'm going to put him at wide receiver 28 because I think that's probably a safe bet with him, probably more towards the floor. Uh, but even wide receiver 28 is a safe flex spot most in most cases, uh, depending on your league size. I will say, too, when you guys see that Corey Davis is pretty high up on, on the cut ffb.com slash rankings, it's because I have him ranked as wide receiver nine this week. So yeah, I'm, I'm riding the way. But he did have a great week, so it's whatever. But <laughs> Hey, I, I overcompensate. I rank at the ceiling because I know you guys all will rank at the floor. So Yeah. <laughs> Got to. Got to mess with the numbers a little bit. The law of averages, yeah, yeah. Yes. Switching over to tight ends, the most favorite position for most people to talk about. I'm going to roll with Mike Gusecki, actually. He's had a good week, two weeks in a row now. Two weeks ago, 12.5 points on two catches and a score for tight end 13, so just outside, but good enough to play. Uh, last week, 11 targets with Tua. Caught nine for 88 and a score 28.3 points. Only good for tight end four, which was fucking Darren Waller killing it out here. Oh my <laughs> Just God. shows you how it was last week. Uh, so he's clearly benefiting from playing with Tua, who is, and he is somewhat on fire right now. Gaseki, that is, not Tua. Uh, Tua <laughs> only does half the playbook. So uh, they're going to need to put up points this week in a huge matchup against the Chiefs that I don't think they have a chance to win, in my opinion. But if he if they are going to win, I think Gusecki has to have a big day and probably Gaskin because I don't think anyone else will. So uh, why not go with a guy that's pretty much the only one's been consistent? And I can say that because Gusecki has only played one week in the last like five. So and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's interesting. I think uh, as someone who sold off Gusecki uh, before this season, I'm a little sad. Sad to see him clicking so much with two. I definitely thought they were going to move on, and they still might. Um, uh, I think the biggest thing for it, I do joke that he's only learning half the playbook, and I think that's true. Uh, But, well, they're only trusting him with half. I think he knows the whole thing. They're only trusting him with half to help his skill set. I think he's only throwing to the most open guy, which isn't awful. But it limits the big plays, and that's why Gasicki is killing it right now. That's why I think uh, Gaskin has a big week. Uh, and it's just—I mean, w- there's a very popular soundbite from when Fitzpatrick replaced Tua, where he came to the sideline and said, "Hey, just so you know, you see how I'm just throwing it up, throwing it into the tight coverage. You got to start doing that." Basically, that's the—that's the breakdown of the whole thing. He's trying to teach him to fucking throw the damn ball into tighter yeah. coverage because it's the NFL. You don't get wide open coverage. You don't have the best wide receiver core in the whole country like you did at Bama that every they play rock, paper, scissors because they're all four open at the same time to get yeah. the ball and they tell Tua, hey, this time go to him. It, it, like, gotta you got to work hard to get this, get open in this league. You got to throw it to into tight coverage. I think Iseki has a huge week this week. Next year, it might be a little bit worse. I think they have a good chance to draft another receiver, probably a speedster over the middle that really hurts Kaseki, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what makes me feel a little better about selling him off because I think this oh, yeah. is short lived. We see this I, every year with Kaseki too. Oh, I, I think there's a solid chance I in our draft process that I have Rod Moore going to them. 
I that's I already see the fit. I already they don't yeah. really need a big body guy outside. They have two of them, <laughs> even though neither can truly stay healthy. But if you get that slot type god like Rondell Moore, I think that's an incredible fit. Yeah. And maybe the guy that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> Depends. All right. My tight end start this week. I called him a league winner the other day. It's Cole Komet. Awesome. Uh, he's coming off a seven target performance. He had five catches in that game. He did find the end zone, which definitely helped. Uh, but he gets the Texans, who ironically average seven targets to the tight end position per game. Obviously, not all of those would technically be Cole Komet's. They still have Jimmy Graham. Um, but I kind of think that this is the phasing out of Jimmy Graham. I, I don't see any more big weeks from Jimmy Graham because I think they need to start featuring the tight end that they drafted fairly highly. and. I think, you know, I said he had a seven-target performance last week, and he had, I think, 14 fantasy points. That's not a breakout to me. What's no, that? I said it's pretty good, but it's not a breakout. You're right. Yeah, and and I think the breakout is coming. I think giving Trubisky a little bit of a safety net is going to be important down the stretch here, and I think Komet can be that safety net. I know David Montgomery has been a pretty good one as well, but uh, I think it's going to be a really good week for Komet. Like I said, I, I'm riding with this take. I picked him up, and I'm playing him in a playoff matchup where I am uh, the underdog. So I'm I'm hoping that I don't swing and miss here. I fully understand if you have a better option at tight end and you don't want to start Cole Komet because you don't trust me, that's fine. I get it. Uh, tight end's a shit show. It's always a shit show. Yeah. We're talking about guys like Cole Komet and Mike Gesicki. Uh hey, starts the week. Hey, Sean would gonna talk about my guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sean would be spinning a wheel right now and picking like Evan Ingram or something crazy. You know. Really bold. Um all right. Sits of the week this week. I'll go first this time around. Rude. I am sorry. I am sorry. Uh my guy is Kareem Hunt. Kareem has been seeing his workload go down and, and down and further down uh, as Nick Chubb has become more dominant. What's crazy is Kareem Hunt is still the RB9 in PPR, which shows how good the starting running back for the Cleveland Browns is. Uh, but in his last three weeks, he has nine fantasy points, six fantasy points, eight fantasy points or somewhere around there, depending on your scoring. His work, and so the eight fantasy points came with three catches. He had he averaged less than a yard per carry three weeks ago. He did have a decent day on the ground two weeks ago, but then he followed that up with 2.4 on the ground. It's not looking like, uh, like he's going to have another big breakout game because Nick Chubb has been so dominant. I was talking with... Uh, Lucas, who I often reference on the show, shout out Lucas, about how Kareem's probably a better inside gap scheme runner, uh, which is something they may have to do against the Ravens because they have a wide set. Uh, they put their ends pretty wide, which kind of negates the outside zone. But I also think that Nick Chubb's a damn good inside gap scheme runner. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that you can trust Kareem Hunt, at least not this week. And if he shows something different, 
They do get the, I believe, Giants on Sunday night football. The Browns did get flexed into Sunday night football. And maybe you can start them there, even though that's not a good matchup. I'm just not trusting it here in the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't necessarily blame you. He's going to be tough to play. Um, I do think there's a chance he gets back to that receiving work type where he was actually good as the RB2 of the Browns, but it's hard to sell. Yeah. Another running back that's hard to sell. Randy, you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy we've already talked about probably way too much for how he's performed <laughs> the last few weeks, but I'm going to go with Miles Sanders as a sit this week. Eagles have lost Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, Sua Apita, Andre Dillard this year for the entire year, and Peters just banged up. So that's a huge reason why they cannot trust the running game right now. Uh, Peterson has apparently refused to give touches to their best offensive weapon, who is Miles Sanders. Uh, Saints are allowing the fewest points for RBs this year. Hurt starting means play call would most likely be about half the playbook and entirely geared towards his strengths alone. And there's going to be a lot of rollouts. It's very, very concerning. There is a chance that they lean on Sanders because it's Hurts, but I doubt it because Wentz has been struggling. They haven't been doing that. I just can't trust the the touch count against a bad matchup in the playoffs. Yeah, that's it's fair. And uh, we've talked about the Eagles offensive line just way too fucking much on this podcast and definitely on my Twitter. But where I think they do really, really struggle is in run blocking. Uh, Miles Sanders is getting eaten up in the backfield like David Montgomery and he's not used to that. Uh, last year, he had a really, really good offensive line to run behind. It's kind of the same thing you're seeing with Zeke over in Dallas, even though Zeke just had a decent game the other night. But All right. My next guy is in the same game, and I'm probably going to get hate for it just because there's that one guy on Twitter that thinks Taysom Hill is the quarterback of the future in New Orleans, but Taysom Hill is my sit this week. I know... He's been fantasy relevant. I know that's boosted by his rushing output. But if you take a a close look, uh, his rushing output has come against three pretty bottom-tier defenses. You've got Atlanta, who's the worst against opposing quarterbacks. You've got Denver, who, let's be honest, Taysom had a shitty game. Uh, And you can make the argument that Hinton was a better Better quarterback in that game. You can't make that argument. I just like making fun. So Taysom Hill has scored over 20 fantasy points in two of his three starts. But this is the first defense, the first real defense, the first NFL defense that he has to face. I think the Eagles, as as much as I've hated on them because of Carson Wentz, their defense has played pretty damn well. They get to the quarterback. They put a lot of pressure on him. Taysom Hill isn't built for that. Taysom Hill, while I do think Sean Payton will scheme up a, a little bit different of an offense this week where it's a little more quick hitting, and I, I think Michael Thomas is probably fine in this matchup because I think it is going to be slant boy time. Uh, I don't think you're going to get the rushing performance out of Taysom Hill because I think his eyes drop and he gets sacked a little more this week. So uh, I have him as a mid-tier QB2. Uh, so obviously in Superflex, I'm cool with him. But as your quarterback one, like I would I would drop him for a guy like Phillip Rivers that I talked about earlier. 
I don't love it this week. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Just the rushing touchdown could help, which it could. Hopefully that goes to Camara, but we'll see. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. My last sit is going to be someone I basically already talked about and already listed the reasons why I hate it. It's Devontae Parker on the week. Tua has killed Parker's season, really. I mean, uh, fewer than eight points in four to six games with Tua, average of nine and a half. Parker is averaging 15 plus with Fitz. Uh, Chiefs are not a great matchup. I think they will do a lot to confuse Tua. I think they will do a lot to make sure Parker does not beat them. Without another guy on the outside for Parker, Parker, Parker <laughs> with Tua, like Preston Williams was doing, he just can't, or in better terms, most likely won't be able to help much this week. Yeah, I'm with you here. I, As I was doing my rankings, I kept, I kept going and I kept going, and I was like, I'm not even ready to put Devontae Parker in here. And I think I have him as like, he's somewhere in the 30s, I believe. And so, I guess he'd be... He he'd be a decent flex play, but in a really deep league where you start two to three flexes, like I don't want to play a back end wide receiver three over <laughs> even like a back end RB three, you know, or a guy like Jamal Williams. Like I would much rather trust I I would trust Jamal Williams over Devontae Parker this week. Sounds I would gross. too. He's going to end up finishing our rankings probably about front end to middle. Uh, wide receiver three territory. You have him at 39. I have him at 41. The other two have him up at 24, though, so that's going to help his ranking a bit. I yeah. think they are ridiculous and just saw the <laughs> name and put it in there. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 24 is his absolute goddamn ceiling this week, and it's not going to happen. It's yeah. We're looking yeah. at best nine points, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Although I think the touchdown could help. We have seen that. Tua likes to throw that. So that Devontae fade. Parker, Devontae Parker is now a tight end. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's it's not something yep. you want to trust in your playoff lineup. Yep, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> it's so All right, it, it's it's pathetic, dude. And I don't think Devontae Parker is really the the type of receiver that Tua is going to succeed with anyway. I think, like you were saying, Rondale Moore makes it, sense. I think Tua can succeed with Parker with a full playbook, a full offseason, full year, with Williams back and a good slot guy. With Gasecki and Gaskin or another good running back, this offensive line needs a lot more help to make him feel more comfortable as well. But I, I think just Parker out there is basically the only receiver. He cannot work with him. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for our starts and sits this week. Um, guys, these are extra important this week obviously if you're like we said on tuesday if you're not in the playoffs still try to go out there and compete and if you aren't in the playoffs you probably didn't listen to us very closely throughout the year uh no i'm just kidding uh you didn't go to our rankings page and and set your lineups that way you went to some of the big dogs but no it's okay i understand and also if you're in the playoffs uh like i said we're we're wheels up for some of these guys i I know I am, even with Cole Komet. I am with Corey Davis. These are guys that I'm starting. Uh, so if I'm wrong, I'm going down with you. So you can yell at me, and I'll, <laughs> exactly. I'll understand. I'll be sad as well. So, All right. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, we just talked about Devontae Parker. Now we're going to talk about another Devontae that could 
find his way to Miami in the offseason through the 2021 NFL draft. Devontae Smith is putting together a borderline Heisman winning season. Um, I actually pulled his stats up and then I accidentally closed it. Devontae Smith is having an absurd year. He's on pace to break Jamar Chase's SEC uh, yardage record. I believe the touchdowns are up there as well. So his stats are loading. My computer is slow. So he has, so through how many games have they fucking played? Seven, eight, eight, nine, nine. Uh, They've played nine games this year. He has 80 receptions for 1,305 yards and 15 touchdowns. He's averaging 16.3 per catch, which actually seems low when you watch Devontae Smith play. Randy, I know we didn't really talk about Devontae Smith too much. We we did touch on him in our kickoff, but we didn't get to talk about him probably enough. Um, I know I've seen a lot of NFL Draft podcasts and, and uh, articles saying that Devontae Smith is the undisputed wide receiver one at this point. He has overtaken Jamar Chase. Are you there yet? And no. Yeah, neither am I. Tell me why, though. So you just want cons of him, really? <laughs> so Essentially. The, the big thing is he doesn't have a ton of cons. He's, he's very, very good. Uh, none of these top three or four, in my opinion, have that many cons at all. Biggest thing for Devonta, he looks like an absolute twig that I don't think is going to do that great against tough press coverage. Uh, he does a good, well, a good job against beating press. Uh, but it's only with a quick stutter step and basically running away from the guy, which we saw with a lot of guys last class that ended up falling down the board a bit. Um, so I think uh, a few years in the NFL developing in the weight room, I think it'll be a little bit better. He basically, if he does not get separation very early, he won't win. Like he has to get that initial quick release step to win. Uh, so again, if he gets pressed by a top level corner at all, he will not get away. Uh next, yeah. So I, I think with good technique, I think they're gonna give a ton of fits. And his route tree needs a lot of improving. He's basically catching balls quick and breaking away, which is what he does best. It's I, either that I, or he's running go routes. He's it's if he one of the yeah, he's running streaks. He's base he's running half basically the same route tree as DK Metcalf was. Uh, slant and go. Uh, so, which is the same as Michael Thomas. So, I guess who cares? But <laughs> true. Uh, so, th- there's a lot of concerns about him where, like, just in that exact area where he needs to develop and develop and develop through the years here, where the other guys are fucking developed. They're, they are yeah. thick, strong. They do everything right. They have minor, minor tweaks to their game. Obviously, Devonta Smith, if he's working completely on his route tree, I think that's incredible. Go to the next level. It's working completely on his body and breaking the press. That's amazing. He's going to do a lot better. But I don't think he'll be able to do both. So he won't be my one at all. But like I, I did say in another episode, when he gets the ball in the open field, which is why they throw the quick passes to him, he is basically a running back. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, he he has the most acceleration I've seen out of a wide receiver since... Uh, Jalen Waddle in like week four. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think Devontae Smith it rivals Waddle, and I think 
you know, I don't think he's going to test super well. I don't think he's, I don't think he's that athletic. And I think being at that frame, sub 180, I'm pretty sure he's 175. Uh, I, I know he's 175 right now, and he's probably 175, and they they weighed him after he got out of the pool. Like, the dude is as skinny as they come. I know, so you mentioned press coverage. Um, so in their last game where he obviously went off for over 200 yards and 8 million touchdowns, the typical day for him, honestly, at this point. But he did get pressed a few times because they they were trying lsu was trying to figure out how to stop him and it was Derek stingley uh Derek stingley tried to put his hands on Devonte, but he did it late um and Devonte kind of swiped he just kind of swiped his his hands down and fought off the press but that's not gonna fly in the nfl i know i have heard some people talking about well uh if if he can do that and he kind of sprung off of it he used it to create a a better release and create more separation the corners in the nfl are not going to just put their hands on you for half a second get swiped down they're much stronger than you i know he does have some some pretty powerful hands but when you get someone who's this was also three yards off the line of scrimmage that he's finally entering a press like it wasn't a true press coverage it was more of a a quick jab try to knock him off his route and it didn't work but what happens when you see a guy as physical as Jalen Ramsey Devontae Smith would be just obliterated by a guy like Jalen Ramsey and that's expected of course Jalen Ramsey is one of the best corners in the NFL Devontae Smith is obviously still in college for a reason but the people who are saying that he doesn't have any weaknesses are it kind of blows my mind. Exactly. And we're talking, people are acting like he's the best receiver in the class, no weaknesses, should go really, really early. Best receiver in the class has a chance to go top 10. So you're saying he should be a top 10 player at that level. I don't think that's true. I think he's a first-round player, no doubt. But top 10, I have my my reservation. Yeah. And so I guess the other part of this is I think his film grade uh, based on the fact that like we're we're naming like two weaknesses, one he can't really control, like he was just built like a small dude. Uh, yeah, obviously you can hit the weights. When you're at a top level program like Bama, you have to. I mean, if you don't have much weaknesses, you better be able to develop on those weaknesses. It's it's true, and I will say like my film grade for him is probably it's probably going to be up there with with Jamar Chase, with Rashad Bateman, like he's in that tier for me. He is above Jalen Waddle for me. Um, Just because I I have the same concerns about Jalen Waddle, except I think Devontae Smith is stronger right now. I think Jalen Waddle could stand to maybe come back to school for a year, especially after this injury. But um, I guess my next question for you, Randy, knowing that Kyle Trask is putting up numbers. Mac Jones is obviously putting up numbers as well, largely in part to Devontae Smith. Do you think that Devontae Smith has a chance to win the Heisman, and do you think he should win the Heisman? Um, he should be, he should be, what is it, at New York? He should be at yeah. New York. They probably will be actually at New York, but yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
I mean, quarterback's always won the award. I think he'll probably be the wide receiver to go. But remember, my wide receiver one, Jamar Chase, you know, isn't fucking playing. And yep. Bateman, I, I, he opted I, out. And because of that, he won't be there, obviously. So, yeah. Plus, you know, Tanner Morgan has been super disappointing. And in my opinion, I know they're working with a new offense, but uh, Rashad Bateman really didn't have a, a a real shot at the Heisman this year with how that offense is operated. Devontae Smith now, I, I think I think I'd take what Devontae Smith is doing over what Mac Jones is doing specifically, uh, because Mac Jones is one hundred percent benefiting off of having before Jalen Waddle went down for injury from injury, I, I think he had the two uh best college wide receivers playing yeah. with because because uh, I will say the Bama offense is is lethal, but it's not that without Devontae Smith. I, I think that's true even if Waddle's healthy. Um now what Kyle Trask is doing and it's kind of the same thing where he has Kyle Pitts, he has Kadarius Tony, he throws the ball in space, they they yak it up for him and he gets a lot of touchdowns and he takes care of the ball. But I don't think Kyle Trask should be a Heisman winning quarterback. I don't think Mac Jones should be a Heisman winning no. quarterback. And I don't know who else should be in this conversation right now. I don't think yeah. Zach Wilson is. It's re- You know what? Because of that, I'll, I'll be with you, I guess. I mean, you got to think Trevor Lawrence, uh, somewhat of a down year, also missed two games. I think it's just two, right? Um, yeah. Justin Fields obviously only going to play six games before the playoffs, so he's already out of contention. So I mean, you're right. I mean, I mean, who's got, maybe I I think Najee probably should win it over him. It's fair. It's but all it's, Bama. Just send all the the whole Bama team. Bama team, yeah. <laughs> but let let's just have a defensive player with this year. Fuck it. This yeah, is the year. I'm down. I'm, I'm down. down. I'm down forever. <laughs> I would say this for you. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. I know that's not the most in-depth conversation about Devontae Smith. We are running out of time a little bit here. So, um, also He's in he, both of our top fives. He's my third right now. So yeah. we don't want to beat ourselves, really. Yeah. And I will say there's, there's a chance that he does some, some crazy, crazier shit down the stretch here that maybe bumps him up a little bit for me. Uh, but at this point, like the concerns are going to be the concerns. The, unless yeah. I see him just roasting press coverage from uh, NFL level corners, which Derek Stingley is that. I'm not taking that away from him. But like if they get to the playoffs and they've got Sean Wade in the slot where he belongs against Devontae Smith, uh, also lining up in the slot at that point, and Devontae Smith roasts him, I'd be a little more willing to move him, but also Sean Wade's having a really shit year, so it's yeah. kind of like take it with a grain of salt. I, I doubt our tape rates move too much. Um, Probably not. And obviously the combine injury history, when we get to that point, uh, other shit will kind of help out those grades or – Help out or be negative. I mean, he's obviously ultra fast, so maybe that helps him slightly in our rankings. I don't think he ever gets out of the top five for me. I don't think he ever gets to one, though. Yeah. 
it's probably fair. I think he's right now number two film grade, but when you factor in everything else uh, in our our new weighted weighted grade, I think he's still somewhere around four or five for me. So uh, because because that pesky breakout age for him, even <laughs> pesky pesky breakout age. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, obviously, it is playoff week again. Bringing it back to fantasy. Good luck this week, guys. Um, we will be answering as many start sit questions as we can. Surprise to Randy, I have a meeting this week, uh, and Sean's on vacation. So, uh, uh, surprise to you, I will be at Kalahari Sunday. Oh fuck! All right, well we'll we'll find a way to answer the questions. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I, I will speed answer them when I get out of my meeting at probably eleven forty-five or so. So, yeah, um, that's still fun. As long as it's before one, yeah. everyone should be able to get their shit together. Yeah. So send us those. We will be back. Uh, well, Randy, will we will we be back on Saturday? You're still good Saturday. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we I'll will be tired. back on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, very tired. I will be too for my meeting, but uh, we'll be back for some DFS content. Maybe we'll mix in a little bit more NFL draft stuff. I know Devonte Smith was the hot topic, which is why we brought him up here. Um, but maybe we can get into maybe. Maybe that Zach Wilson game that was less than stellar that no one's seeming to to think was less than stellar. Um, but it'll mainly be DFS. We'll, we'll get you some money uh, if you're out of the playoffs and now you're strictly DFS. Our show is the, the show to watch. I say watch because we will be live on Twitter. So uh, And someday YouTube. So go subscribe to us on YouTube. Search the cut FFB will be the first ones. Subscribe to us there. That's as soon as you subscribe, we'll start broadcasting over there. That'll be better. <laughs> All, right. All right, Randy. Do you have anything to add before we head out of here? No, let's go. All right. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. Good luck in your playoff matchups. We will talk to you later this week. Later. <laughs>